Hello, everyone, and welcome to Socially Kaya, a podcast featuring successful young entrepreneurs, small businesses, and people making a difference in their community. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I have a great show planned for you, and I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. But first, I'm going to get started with our featured app of the week. app of the week is Ink Hunter. Ink Hunter helps tattoo artists and enthusiasts visualize the exact size and placement of any design anywhere on their body. It uses augmented reality to let you try designs in real time. Makes it fun, easy, and totally painless to try on as many designs as you like without any regrets. Ink Hunter was created by a small team from the Ukraine during the 2016 Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator Summer Program in New York. You can choose from a set of designs in the app or even upload your own. If you'd like to learn more about Ink Hunter or download it for your Android or iOS device, visit sociallykaya.ca and right on the homepage we'll have links for you to download or to visit the website to learn more. So that is our featured app of the week. Let's get right into our interview. Today is Nadia Farhat, owner of the Mile Tattoo Studio. The Mile is a new intimate studio here in Edmonton. Nadia specializes in full color, high detail, and fandom art. She's been an artist at various studios in the city, but her passion is what led her to start the Mile. So, welcome, Nadia, and thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. So excited for this episode because oh. I am a huge lover of tattoos. So, and we'll get along just fine. <laughs> it's awesome to have you here. So, let's start. Um, by you kind of talking about how you got into be- being a t- tattoo artist and how long you've been doing this. Um, well, about nine years ago, I was going to post-secondary. Yep. I had always doodled throughout my life, but didn't really focus on art. I didn't want to be a starving artist. Yeah. Um, so kind of was just going to post-secondary to pursue other passions, but kind of was feeling like maybe that wasn't going to work out in yep. the end. That I would go through the schooling and then get into the career and then hate it. And um, I was just at home one day with my mom. I was doing some prep work for school, and she said, well, you should be a tattoo artist, (laughs) just out of the blue. Yeah. So I definitely owe my career to my mom, which is really weird because people always ask if she has a lot of tattoos, and no, she didn't have one. (laughs) Sometimes I think she just told me to do it for a living so that she could get free work done. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's how I got into it. I I dropped out of school because I figured... I was 18 years old, maybe I'd want to go back to school and not have those half-assed, you know, uh, effort affecting my grade overall. Yeah. So I dropped out and decided to try the riskier career, and nine years later, I guess it's working out, more or less. (laughs) There you go. So what or who influences you? Oh, boy. The list gets longer and longer every day. (laughs) Um, I got to say... Tattoo-wise, I love Jeff Gogway and have been a fan of his for very, very many years. And I don't think you could ask a tattoo artist who wouldn't say his name. Yeah. Uh, there's also Steve Moore, who's actually who, who's out of BC, and so he's a Canadian artist, right. which unfortunately there aren't many of them on my list. There's also James Text, who recently moved to BC, but he owns a shop here um, in Alberta, in oh, Calgary. Okay. And his son also is a tattoo artist. Both um, James Text and Anthony Text are... A brilliant art, especially if yeah. you like more Japanese style. Okay. Um, there's also Teresa Sharp, which I'm unfortunate to say is one of the few female artists that I really appreciate and okay. would consider getting work done. Um, 
yeah, and I mean, Justin Hartman. I could keep going on. It'll be, it'll be a list that will just never end, so probably better to just... Those are, like, my top, like, five. I'm just glad you didn't say someone like Kat Von D. No. Like she's, I mean, she's done good work, but no, it's pretty cliche. Yeah, no, and she... I don't want to talk smack about any yeah. artist, but um, I tend to go towards more of an illustrative look, whereas yeah. I feel like her strong suit is portrait art. And on the portrait art front, not that... She's not very good, but if you're going to go to a portrait artist, like, you go see Miko Hurtado if you're going worldwide. And even here in Edmonton, we have a very great um, portrait artist, and so it's kind of like, when you compare them, her to him, or, you know, other artists are kind of like, okay, well, she's good, but she's not the best by any stretch, right? So it, it becomes a little more difficult to pitch her as yeah. one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So what is your favorite part about being a tattoo artist? Um, probably talking to people. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, like I said, I never wanted to be a starving artist. And shockingly enough, I hate customer service. <laughs> but I, I, if, I feel like it's a good mix with me and tattooing. Um, I suffer a lot from blank page syndrome. So right. I'm not one of those people that whips out drawing after drawing just for the hell of it, just yeah. for self-expression. I So tattooing is a good merriment because clients tell me, I kind of want this. Yeah. And then so the idea is already there. I just have to make it tattooable, yeah. put it into the you know, the right medium because right. things that work on paper don't always work on skin. So. Right. But, I mean, yeah, even days where I'm, you know, it doesn't matter how much you love your job, there's always those days where you're like, oh, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> and then I get here, and then I, since opening this studio, i got to say I've only had the opportunity to work with, like, really fun lovely people, yeah. um, no assholes, That's which, <laughs> which unfortunately at other studios there, there were, yeah. there were a lot of assholes that come through the door and because you're working for somebody else, you feel like you have to accommodate right. them, which sometimes puts you in a tricky situation of juggling, yeah, juggling that person so that, you know, you don't get complaints, but they're also a very hard to please person. Right. So at least here I kind of get to pick and choose a little bit more. Perfect. Yeah. So you said that your mom was kind of, like, the person who led you down your path. Yeah. But what did the rest of your family think about you becoming a tattoo artist? Um, I think unanimously it was, don't get them, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, and I mean, being nine years in, and I only have the one very small one that I just got last year. Yeah. So eight years in, I got my first tattoo. Um, has, like lulled them into a false sense of security that it's not going to happen but they've been all of my family is nothing but supportive they all um you know even my granny sometimes I (laughs) my little Italian Nona I show her pictures of my stuff and she'll be like oh that's really pretty and then she remembers it's a tattoo and then kind of goes (laughs) like whoa if only it wasn't a tattoo so um I only want really massive pieces yeah so that's why I don't have any yet a lot of people right. think I don't want them but I'm just like no nah, I just don't want to get something small and then have to work around it yep especially with those that that growing list of amazing artists yeah. it's you know I really want to just give them free reign of left arm right arm full back yep. you know I don't want to have to compromise that piece so. right but yeah all of my family's been really great um I've tattooed my sister my mom cousins aunties yeah uh not dad yet he wants <laughs> them but not yet for him. <laughs> Still waiting on that front, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Where do you think um, the tattoo trend is going, and how do you think people's view of tattoos has maybe changed over the years, just since you've even been oh, in the profession? Yeah, in the last nine years, it's changed like crazy. We still have the trends that come in and out. 
Yeah. Pinterest is one of the worst things that's happened in my career. <laughs> um, just because trends always happened. When yeah. I started, it was Chinese characters. Right. And, I mean, flowers are always in, script are always in, but there was, like, a weird martini glass phase there for weird. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think the reason that I say Pinterest is the worst thing that's happened to my career is just because people don't use it. Well, some people do, don't get me wrong, but people don't use it as just inspiration for, I like this piece, could I maybe get something like that? I've had people bring in stuff and they're like, not only do I want this, but I want exactly this in yeah. the exact same spot, even if it doesn't, even if you don't, like, as the artist, know it's not yeah. going to maybe compliment me in that exact spot the way he does this person and... You know, that can be just kind of a juggle as well. Right. Trying to not upset or offend somebody by saying, like, you shouldn't copy somebody yeah. directly. Let's make it your own. And, like, even location-wise, like, right. does it have to be down to the millimeter? Like, I've had one, like, some people down to the millimeter. I've put wow. a stencil on, and they're like, oh, no, hers is more this way. And you're like, okay, wow. but it's not about her. It's about yeah. you. So let's focus on what looks good for your body. Right. So that can be a little bit... <laughs> frustrating sometimes yep. walking that line yeah. yeah perfect so what do you think a client should expect from you as an artist when they come in to have their consultation or even to come in and get their piece what what can they expect from you uh cleanliness yeah uh and I'm I'm a straight shooter so if yeah. what you want isn't gonna work I'm gonna tell you that I'm not going to compromise my particular set of morals when it comes to the tattoo industry for what you want like right. that money isn't worth it to me yeah um if I think it's going to yield a bad product and then later because nobody's going to walk out of a tattoo shop and two years down the road when somebody says your tattoo looks like shit they're not going to say I ignored my tattoo artists no they're going to say my tattoo artist is a yeah. Idiot. They sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're going to blame right? me for it. So I'd rather, like, have the short-term yeah. anger for the long-term <laughs> not crapping all over my name for the rest yeah. of uh, their life. So um, a lot of people do appreciate that, that forthcoming mm -hmm. and honesty. And um, there's always the few that don't. But for yeah. the most part, most people are like, oh, okay, they're coming to you because they do want um, your professional opinion. And I think that's also what's it has changed over that nine right. years is that instead of people coming in and expecting a book as you can see I have no flash in the yeah. shop it's custom um, most people are wanting to go that route they don't want to just pick something off a wall and yeah. have it and six other people have the same thing um, which makes my job a lot easier right. they trust you more as an artist you get to do more artistic pieces and you can yeah. have a little bit more play with it um, just because some like I said with the internet more of those amazing artists are becoming more readily available. People yeah. are open to seeing that artwork, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't even think something like that was possible. Right. I just saw tribal tattoos, and that's what I assumed it all was. So, yeah. um, or script, or these little things, yeah. or you know, they're all sailor tattoos. When I start, started working, it was still very much that. Like, yeah. a lot of people just assumed all tattoos had to have thick black lines, or it was garbage. Right. So now we're starting to learn a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, a lot of it was from, you know, a lot of rea reality TV shows. Um, I always say they're a double-edged sword because yeah. they give people unrealistic expectations for the duration their tattoo is going to yeah. take them. I mean, I've had people call at 7.30 telling me they want to get a sleeve 
before we closed at nine yeah. that night. Yeah, that's they don't not under- <laughs> No, like, I'm sorry that movie magic on TV made it look like you do a two-minute consultation, I whip it up, and then you start, but that yeah. that's just a mock consult, right? Like, these, these are processes. They take months and, you yeah. know, sometimes years, depending on how often the person comes in or what the complexity of the design is. It's yeah. all very... So, like I said, it's a double-edged sword with that. We get a lot more people wanting tattoos, but also... <laughs> also, we get a couple of people who don't understand that TV and reality are different. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that now tattoos are more of, a, like, an art piece mm-hmm. and a way for both the individual and the artist to express themselves, yep. and I think that's one thing that definitely needs to be noted for more people. Totally. Um, so, we talked about what people can expect from you, mm-hmm. but what do you expect when it comes to your clients? Like, how how do you prepare... Um, to have a successful collaboration with these people? Um, you know what? I honestly don't expect a lot from my clients just yeah. because it is an industry that unless you're in it and you deal with it constantly, you don't know what you're doing. A lot of times I think back to the very first time that I walked into a tattoo studio and it wasn't to get anything done. It was just to look around. Yeah. And I remember how intimidated I was and you feel like you're going into the cool kids zone. Yeah. So I just try to remember that cause I'm definitely not a cool kid. <laughs> so I had a little bit of anxiety about going in there. So I try to cultivate not that yeah. I don't want to intimidate my clients. I don't want to make them feel stupid or belittle them mm-hmm. by, you know, oh, well, you should have known this because there's, you can't trust the internet. There's so much mixed information right. out there. So I don't really expect a whole lot other than just be open to what I'm willing to, you know, maybe tell you that might be for your own good, <laughs> even if it's not what you maybe want to hear. Perfect. Yeah. So what is your best tattoo story? Oh, no. <laughs> I have a few. First off, what is appropriate for this podcast? You can, you can say anything. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll... We can yeah. mark it explicit if we have yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many. I have so, so many awesome clients, but I'd have to say the ones that people tend to find the most interesting uh, are the one time that I tattooed a penis. Yeah. Or the one time... Or the the two questions I get are, have you ever tattooed someone weird? Yeah. Which is obviously the penis would probably have to be the weirdest <laughs> one. I mean, I'm in my work frame of mind, so yeah. I didn't really think of it that way, but there were weird things that come along with it. Yeah. Or what's the weirdest tattoo that you've done? Both of which are very memorable, and both of them are inappropriate for their own reasons. <laughs> but um, the most interesting tattoo that I ever did was on a 67-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. It was her first tattoo. It was on her ass, and she very adamantly wanted the words, come fuck me, baby, please. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and <laughs> normally, like if an 18-year-old had requested that, I would have said flat out no way, but yep. I figured at 67, she has the right to do whatever she yep. wants on herself. She lived long enough, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, she was a character. I gotta say, she definitely, a, do not judge the book by the cover. She looked yeah. like this sweet, church-going, yeah. took very good care of herself, like, a, for a 67-year-old woman, was quite in good shape, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, just like this cute little sundress, and then she told me what she wanted, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and one of our artists had already turned her down, Yeah. and I have a soft spot. I just don't feel like, just because you want a small tattoo, yeah. you should always be relegated to first years and apprentices. Right. 
Um, so when nobody else is going to take on your piece, but you still want a skilled person to do it, I have a real soft spot. I don't really... A lot of people that have my experience or been in it as long as I have, they only start taking on sleeves or back pieces. Right. But I usually will try to relegate like a couple of days, usually at least once a month, but a, a couple if I can for just small pieces to right. fill people in those spots because it means a lot to people. It doesn't matter how big or small it yeah. is. So that was one of those cases where, That's awesome. <laughs> where she wanted something small, but I was just like, oh man, oh boy, all right, here we go. So, but That's yeah, awesome. I have a picture of it on my phone. I don't put it in my portfolio. Yeah. Uh, just because people don't believe that I did that. <laughs> it's zoomed in so now you can't that, see the now, body part. Now they have proof, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just because it's so, just you're just like, yeah, she, she was a... She was a peach, that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So that would be your one of your best stories. What's mm-hmm. maybe one of your worst? <sighs> it all comes down to just people with unrealistic expectations. Yes. Um, Last-minute design changes that take a little bit of time, so maybe we don't finish the appointment that day. Yeah. And then they get angry. Um people who forget what their design looked like initially and then they have a qualm about one little detail about it after it's done so you're kind of like well you had I I, I showed you a drawing yeah I stenciled it on you you had we started this two hours ago (laughs) yeah you saw a drawing last month do you know what I mean it's not even like so it's it's sometimes it's stuff like that that can really put a damper on it because I take every piece that I do extremely personally. Yeah. I never want to think that somebody's coming away with anything but a great experience. Right. So sometimes when it's those unrealistic expectations and there's nothing that you can do. For example, there was a lady I tattooed. She wanted her kids' names in script on her wrist. Yeah. We tattooed it. I, you know, I said, okay, uh, are we doing black or you want color? And she said black. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And then she came back like a month later and was like, oh, I just wanted to ask a question about my tattoo. And it had healed perfectly. She yeah. didn't even need a touch up. That's awesome. And she went, when's it going to turn blue? What? And I was like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, well, you know how like you see tattoos that when they age, they turn blue. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. from like 50, 20 years ago before... You know, ink has come a long way. Yeah. Procedure has come a long way. When you ask for black, you get black yeah. now. So that was one of those situations where there was literally nothing I could have done to yeah. prevent. And she still was like, okay, well, that's fine. She got another tattoo by me and got it done in black just so they matched. Yeah. But that was one of those situations where had she asked, yeah. which I guess maybe she wouldn't have even thought to, but never would I ask yeah when you say black do you mean dark blue you know like I would (laughs) never ask that so it was one of those things where she was kind of seemed like she was a little bit disappointed in the end game and I and I just felt bad because obviously I don't ever want that yeah yeah and I totally understand that because I have my first tattoo like I thought was in like a year or so it would have discolored but it looks almost brand new Mm -hmm. still so so I can understand maybe why she would think that yeah because I was expecting it myself but yeah it's good to know that that ink has (coughs) has progressed so you're getting what you're what you're looking at yeah um so we already kind of discussed what the craziest place is that Mm -hmm. you have been asked to tattoo um so Maybe say, um, are there any reasons you would tell a client no when it comes to a tattoo that they want? 
Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of the time. I don't, I don't do spousal names. Okay. Um, I'll do a tattoo to represent your rep your relationship yeah. if you want, just not the physical name of the person. With names, I try to keep it to relationships that can't change, so blood relation or memorial. Right. Um, but yeah, I and I also like I will tattoo hands. Mm -hmm. But there's disclaimers that go along with them, and usually the disclaimers are enough to deter somebody from getting it there. I mean, right. it's as simple as changing it from your the side of your finger to the side of your wrist. A lot of people are willing to do that, yeah. just because hands heal horribly for the most part, and I don't cover the touch-ups on them right. as a result, because there's nothing I can do, right? Yeah. So that's one of the things. Um, nobody's asked me to tattoo their face yet, as far <laughs> as I can remember. Nobody that was serious. Yeah. Um, so... But that would probably be another one that I turned yeah. down, other than cosmetic makeup, obviously, right. if, if somebody were looking for something like that. Um, but And it, that's just because as much as our industry has taken leaps and bounds into being accepted by everybody, I mean, yeah. by the time we're geriatric... Who in our in like who in our little old folks home is gonna yeah. not have tattoos? No, exactly. Right, um, but as of now, they still very much hinder your ability to find work. Yeah, um, and people don't like to think that it'll happen to them, but it very easily could. And then you're getting turned down from jobs. Yeah. yeah. So I that those are kind of my nose are significant other names and then body parts specifically ones that are very visible yeah um if you have a lot of coverage then i consider it do you right. know what i mean like yeah. if, if you have your full sleeves done already or a chest done already yeah. and you want the side neck done then i'll yeah. i'll take yeah then i'll take that into consideration but you know your first tattoo you want a finger tattoo because you saw it on the internet yeah. not realizing like that's freshly done or photoshopped yeah it's gonna look horrible <laughs> and it's gonna also you know potentially affect your ability to find work in a lot of different professional fields. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just take a little bit of, a, like, a morality clause on that yeah. <laughs> for people. Maybe being the big sister they don't really want, but... <laughs> but someone has to do it, right? Yeah. Someone has to be honest with them, and they're not always honest with themselves. So yeah. it's good to find an artist who who can be like that yeah. with them. And like I said, some people do appreciate that honesty, and yeah. other people are like, well, if you won't do it, I'll take my money elsewhere. And it's like, right. okay, but at least I can sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what is the most challenging thing about what you do? Um, quoting. Yeah. That is the worst for big pieces. Um, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. Because... It is an art form, and like I said, most people are starting to learn that. Yeah. But there are definitely styles and areas, and each individual person takes ink differently. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm very, I'm known for, like, color packing. Like, yeah. it is saturated. And I don't just quick whip it in there to get you in and done. Yeah. Um, which maybe some people would prefer I did. <laughs> But so when people are like, so how much is this going to cost me? And then it's like, ugh, I don't like to underquote and I don't like to overquote. Yeah. Out of the two, I'd rather overquote. Right. Um, but the window in which I give them is so wide that it doesn't really help. And I understand because if I was in the same position with any other uh, procedure. Yeah then I'd want maybe some solid numbers too. But, I mean, there is no, like, lifeline on it, right? Yep. Your deposit 
doesn't ever expire. Right. So if it takes, you know, a lot of people just want it done right now, even if financially it's not yeah, in their best interest. So I'm like, you know, if it takes you months, if it takes you a year, if it takes you a couple of years, I definitely have some ongoing projects yeah. that are over, you know, I understand it. I always say tattoos are expensive short term. Yeah. It's hard to go and shell out $300, $600, $1,000 for your one session and you need three or four of them. Yeah. But long term, they're not expensive, really. Yeah. Because nothing else that you put an investment in, if tattoos are something that you enjoy, mm -hmm. nothing else that you put that kind of money investment in will yield the same over-the-year results yeah. and gains because I remember one lady complained quite heavily about the price yeah. and I was like look I get it to drop three hundred dollars here today seems like a lot yeah um, but you divide that by the 80 hopefully plus years yeah. you're gonna have this and then you paid pennies for it yeah you really did and it's better to do that than to go get it somewhere for eighty dollars and then have to laser it I specialize in cover-ups for a reason. It's yeah. become kind of a niche thing for me, um, probably because of that color saturating that I talked about. <laughs> but I, you know, people have to get those cover-ups done because they went maybe the cheaper route to start with. Yeah. And then they kind of have shoehorned themselves. So now they've paid for this tattoo maybe three times over because yeah. they paid for it the first time at the reduced rate. Then maybe they had to laser it, and now they're having to cover it. Or yeah. even if you just, even if you can skip the lasering and go right to covering, you're now paying for that tattoo a second time. Yeah. Instead of just having what you wanted kind of right out the gate. And then usually with a cover-up, you have to compromise on top of it. So, yeah. The, the, the money aspect of the job is, is they, I think people have this conception that it's, you're just rolling in money. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well... You know, I finish work here for the end of the day, and if somebody no-shows me, that pooches my yeah. whole day, um, if, unless I can get somebody in last minute. But then I get to go home to my part-time job, which is drawing for my full-time job, and yeah. that come that I don't charge for drawings. No. So that's just in, kind of included in your 150 an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So And then you have your overhead. People don't really take all of that into consideration, especially because I'm on my own, so right. it's not like I'm living off of anybody else's yeah. money either. <laughs> Uh, but so that that part like you know people always feel like that you're trying to gouge them or whatever and right. you're like I'm really I'm really not especially you know women are willing especially to pay like seven hundred dollars yeah. for their hair extensions <laughs> that they get redone every six to eight weeks yeah but then the three hundred dollars for their tattoo kind of really puts them off so right. I'd have to say like yeah the quoting aspect that's just so awkward for me I yeah. wish I wish we lived in a world where we didn't need money and I could just <laughs> do it for free and yeah. you didn't have to talk like think about it but that's yeah. not reality unfortunately fair enough so what on top of that what would be your most rewarding aspect of this, uh, this cover-ups yeah yeah there yeah, it's a it's really rewarding to do a piece from scratch on virgin skin that yeah. obviously has its perks and you get to see one of your pieces come to life uncompromised yeah but there's something completely different and rewarding about this person has been living so many of my clients it seems silly but you know I do feel like in some small way I change their life for the better yeah. uh I have clients that buy clothing specifically to hide certain tattoos, and so right. then when I can take something that they hate, 
and then turn it not just into something that okay well it does the trick but something that they love yeah that some maybe other artists told them wasn't possible um that is the best feeling yeah, yeah. or when you know a, a lot of times my my cover-up pieces are the ones that get the wows because you yeah. can see what was there before and what I covered it with, exactly. and that kind of blows people's <laughs> minds. So that would probably be the most rewarding is the is the cover-ups just because again it's it's at that point it's not just art, right? It's art that positively really affected somebody's life in in a very tangible way. So I have to say that awesome. So. You made mention about Pinterest with the whole tattoo thing, mm -hmm. and social media is becoming so prevalent mm -hmm. in every field, but a lot in the tattooing field as well. Yeah. Um, how has it maybe helped you or hindered you in any way and your success? Um, I love Instagram. <laughs> I only got Instagram to follow artists that I admired um, and I only did that probably two years ago, maybe, yeah. maybe three, I don't know, time flies. <laughs> um, and that has helped my, my art grow by leaps and bounds, literally a global community of artists that you get, you know, I used to look at people that I admire's portfolios online, yeah. but those don't get anywhere near as updated and you're usually only seeing the finished products. Yeah. Um, whereas Instagram, they post, you know, in progresses, this is my drawing, this was my stencil, this is the products that I use, yeah. you know, uh, this is my machine, you get to see how it kind of works. It's, it's literally like getting to learn all yeah. day, every day. Um, if I'm stuck on a drawing, I'm just feeling that not create that's another part of my job you know you're feeling not creative yeah. that day you still have to draw yeah so when I'm feeling in those slumps I, I go on and my Instagram I really only follow people I try to I don't really follow friends or family at all yeah it's nothing personal but I use it strictly just so I have a constant steady feed of of art from people only that I admire yeah and so it kind of gets the creative juices going so I love Instagram I love Instagram <laughs> um I'm I feel like at 28 years old, I'm too old for Pinterest. <laughs> I don't, I don't you know what both. it is. I think it's just that I, I missed it. Yeah. I, I was too far gone. Like I, I honestly thought Instagram was, I was too far gone for that. Yeah. Like I, I'm like an old lady in my brain <laughs> where I'm like, it's not what I'm used to. Yeah. And I'm, that's it. But, um, but with Pinterest, it's like clients will send me the link. And the thing that I hate about Pinterest is that it makes you download it to look yeah. at pictures. I don't like that. No. So I'll just be like, can you just screenshot it and send it to me, please? <laughs> but obviously, Facebook has been great just for, you know, getting your name out there to new people. People yeah. can kind of... Websites and Instagram are all good, but most people have Facebook. So if a friend pitches it to them, they can, you know, no commitments. Yeah. No, you know, they don't necessarily have to. They can just come check out your work, see if you're what they're looking for, and move yeah. on if you're not, or they can message you if you... If you are. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, social media, the good, bad, and the ugly, holy crap. Sometimes <laughs> some, sometimes it's good, and uh, unfortunately other times you see so much misinformation being spread. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, those things go viral like crazy, and then it feels like you're writing the same thing on the same posts yeah. over and over again. Um, that re most recently there was this tattoo yourself at home video that <laughs> oh, was wow. going viral and it was like a very professional looking video it wasn't like some guy in their basement doing it yeah and it was like 
me and lots of, I, I call them colleagues, even though they don't work with yeah. me directly, industry, you know, uh, acquaintances and friends. Yeah. And I would see them, they're all posting the same thing. Like, there's more to tattooing than just drawing on somebody. Yeah. There really is. And unfortunately, I did have to even teach some of my family members that. Like, yeah. you know, you. I kind of feel like we're somewhere between like a dental hygienist and a hairstylist. Yeah. Like, we change your aesthetic but we also have to not give you a bloodborne pathogen yeah. while we are doing that. So, you know, just tracing on yourself with the same needle and reused ink, that's uh, not that's not what we want people putting out no. there as as the you know, because there's gonna be gullible people that are like, Oh, I'm gonna do it to me and my buddies <laughs> and it'll be fine and it's really not. Like yeah. at, at best you're gonna maybe risk an infection, at worst something far more sinister. So Yeah. Yeah, though the, the, they said good and the bad. <laughs> I'd say there's probably more good than bad that comes from social media. Yeah. But every now and again, you get that one, and you're just like, oh no, we have to do so much damage control. Yeah. So, but luckily, a lot of times I see. I, I'm happy to say that when those those viral posts do come up, you might see people tagging their friends in it. But the majority of people are going, I go to my artist because they're a trained professional. Yeah. This is garbage, and it's just people that have become wise to our industry and again in part thanks to social media so yeah. I mean at, at least you know globally kind of increasing <laughs> awareness <laughs> exactly perfect so there are now apps out like Ink Hunter mm -hmm. where people can kind of see what the tattoo is going to look like on them before they come in okay maybe give them some false ideas of what oh. tattoos are going to appear like yeah um have, have you had any situations like that in here um, where people come in and they're like, oh, well, I saw this, what it could look like on me, and what you're telling me isn't going to be anything like that? Yeah, um, I've never come across this app, these apps that you're talking yeah. about, which, I mean, maybe is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I'd say, like, kind of to reiterate what I said before, like, finger tattoos, a yeah. lot of people request or ask about them. Um, like I said, most people are pretty listening to my professional opinion, which is much appreciated. Yeah. But they will ask, again, just because they do see them a lot. Yeah. And they're usually Photoshopped or they're fresh. So, yeah. of course, they look amazing there. Yeah. Let's see it two months down. That's what I want to see it. Yeah. Um, or a year out, because, oh, boy. <laughs> um, but I'd have to say the one other thing that I kind of... It feels dumb saying specialize, and I have, like, six different things I specialize in. I just try not to pigeonhole myself. Yeah. I also do a lot of all-white ink tattoos. Yeah. That's the one that I have to give a lot. Lots of people ask about it, and then I have to, like, say, okay, even though I also have ones in my portfolio yeah. that look amazing, like, you need to go into this knowing these things about white because yeah. you can tattoo two light-skinned people that you think the result's going to be the same, and it's not. Yeah. Um, white is a lack of pigment. Everybody's skin, no matter how white you are, still has some kind of pigment. Yeah. Um, and when and we're not painting on the surface of your skin, we're putting it under your skin. So obviously that ink has to then have its pigments show through yours. Well, if it's an ink that's just a lack of pigment, obviously yeah. your own skin tone is going to affect it more than it would a black exactly. or a red or any of the other colors. Um, so that one, I definitely have to go, okay, I know that it looks this way yeah. in this picture, even though this picture is healed. Um, but that might not be the case for you. Yep. And then there's things that we can go through to potentially fix it if it does yield a result that you don't like. But 
again, everybody's so different. And yeah. I think a lot of people maybe like the white ink because of that. It, it's yeah. a little bit of a personal touch, so I get a lot of requests for it, and I do a lot of it. So um, that one, yeah. Definitely, you have to take into the fact that everybody's different. Everybody's yeah. going to heal that one different, more so even than normal tattoo yeah. ink, So, and, and what you see in a picture is, is not necessarily what's going to work, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, cool. So what is your least favorite type of tattoo to do? You can be honest. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to say anything that's solid black. Yeah. Uh, not including script. I like dainty things. I like line work. Yeah. Um, comic book background. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do lining. Yeah. Um, but, uh, solid black fill. Yeah. I don't particularly draw a lot of custom tribal. Yeah. Um, and that goes for Celtic knotting as well. Um, but solid black just tends to bore me. I feel like I have a little bit of tattoo ADHD. I like to bounce around between colors yeah. and even with gray shade in between the shades. But when it's just solid black fill, I get a little bit bored, especially with the larger pieces that yeah. accommodate that. So I'd probably say that that's my least favorite just because of that. But again, unlike some tattoo artists that are very much into it for the artwork, and I and I completely appreciate that, you know, yeah. it's like they're painting. They put their headphones in and they're going to work and yeah. that's it. I more so enjoy the interaction with clients so right. there could be times where maybe I'm tattooing a subject matter that I'm not as keen on as maybe something else but I still have a great time because the person that I'm interacting with is amazing right. so that, there's a give and take there so I don't really like I don't like turning anybody away yeah just because of necessarily the type of artwork they want plus I feel like if by you know only doing certain types of artwork then you're kind of limiting yourself yeah and it holds you back in every design concept not not just that specific kind so. right perfect what advice do you have for someone who may be looking to get a tattoo that may only have one or may not have any tattoos at all um research Ooh. yeah that's all all obviously going to be my number one um Go meet with people, I think, is a big one. Um, I, be I become very close friends with most of my clients as long as they're open to it. Yeah. Some people do want more of just a, yeah. you're the tattoo artist I'm. But most <laughs> people, and myself included, I would want to feel like you have some kind of rapport at the very least yeah. with the person that's permanently altering you. Yeah. Um, and I, I try to provide that if yeah. clients want to be my friend then, of course, I don't care. Add me on Facebook. Yeah. I, I don't make a habit of talking shit about clients on Facebook, so I don't mind if you're on there. So you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, just do your research. Lots of people are very busy. That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, the person that can get you in any day of the week, literally any day of the week, yeah. there's a reason for that uh, in this saturated economy. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of shops in this city. A lot of shops. <laughs> so if the person has a wait list, there's usually a reason why. Yeah. That person is sought after. Um, give them a chance because a lot of them, like I said, if people cancel or no-show or whatever, yeah. they will try to accommodate you as quickly as possible. Nobody wants to try and make you wait as long as possible. Yeah. That's just... Nobody nobody likes giving... I don't like giving that wait list of like, yeah, yeah well, I want to get in before Christmas. Well, I'm booking February or, yeah. you know, March if you want a weekend. You know, like, people don't like to hear that. Um, but it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, 
I had a client that came in and I had to book her for February and then I had a cancellation the next day and she got in the next day. That's so it's awesome. like, you know, you just, just never know, right? Yeah. Just if you want to get in sooner, if you're flexible with yeah. your schedule, then we can put you in. Um, I think the other problem is everybody wants a, like a Saturday. Yeah. Or a weekend. <laughs> and it's like, can you book a dentist appointment on the weekend? No. Sometimes like yeah. you have, to, if you want the appointment, you have to rearrange work schedules yeah. and that's never ideal, but that's your two options, long wait or yeah, rebook something. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So the last question I have for you mm -hmm. is, what advice do you have for anyone who might be looking to become a tattoo artist? Mm, don't let the commercial idea of it sway you into it. This is very much so a customer service industry and yeah. the people that I have had the unfortunate uh, run-ins with that treat their clients like sh don't get me wrong there are some clients that seem to like to get treated like shit like they yeah. want their tattoo artist to be this rock star personality right but for the most part that doesn't get you very far it might work for a little while but not in the long term yeah um rock stars don't seem to make it to be honest, and the people that I've learned that seem to do are the ones that just want to go to work and pay their mortgage. Like, yeah. they're just boring people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just very talented, boring people yep. that, you know, I've never been drunk in my life. I've yeah. never done a drug in my life. And, I mean, there are very talented people that do those things, of course, don't yeah. get me wrong, but don't don't get into it for some perceived lifestyle. Right. You have to get into it because, well, really, I don't know why. Because There's, you're passionate, right? There might be many different reasons. Maybe you're passionate about people. Maybe you're passionate about art. The other more most important thing is don't expect, just because your family members have told you that you're an amazing artist, yeah. that everybody's going to agree with that. <laughs> um, take constructive criticism, not with a grain of salt, but, like, eat it up. Yeah want people to destroy your artwork. A lot of times mm -hmm. I remember asking for assistance from, you know, people in, in the shop and they don't want to hurt your feelings. So they don't want to tear it apart. And I'm like, wouldn't yeah. be asking you if I didn't want you to, exactly, right? Like yeah. just give it to me hard. Cause that's the way it's going to make me improve, you know? Yeah. Um, same thing if you're looking to get an apprenticeship. Uh, the other thing is don't expect it to be, uh, easy. Most apprenticeships are free. Our industry tends to keep it that way to discourage tattoo schools from cropping up. Yeah. Because those people usually take your money and then with this idea that anybody can be a tattoo artist. Yeah. Oh, those shops won't pick you on? There's no reason for that. Give me $20,000 and I'll give you a degree. And then you walk into a shop with that yeah. degree and they laugh you out of it. Yeah. Those people prey on people wanting to be tattoo artists. Um, so, yeah. The drawings that you have on paper, this goes for people maybe that aren't even wanting to be tattoo artists and just that are drawing for members of their family. Yeah. When you bring in artwork from a family member, um, we most of the time will have to change it. Like, yeah. We can use the basic idea, but you very rarely do we use it as is. Um, just because, again, it's a totally different medium. It's like the difference between sculpting, painting, pa pastels. They're all different mediums. Yeah. So learning to draw for the skin is something I didn't learn until I was four and a half years in to tattooing and it was a very important piece of the puzzle that was left out of my apprenticeship so 
make sure it's not always worth it just to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Sometimes it's worth it to just go talk to an artist. Bring your drawings. Most of us that aren't assholes will just give you tips yeah. and how to make them. And then you just keep working on those tips. Bring them back. Eh, it's still not quite there. Keep working on them. Yeah. That's how I got my apprenticeship. Somebody just was generous enough to tell me what was shit and what worked. Yeah. And then from there I could work on my drawings in my own time. And that's what got me my apprenticeship. So, yeah, just be very willing to take constructive criticism. Don't think it's a cash cow. <laughs> don't don't get into it for the rock star lifestyle, I'd say, are my top top tips for becoming a tattoo artist. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Those are some very good tips. So I would like to thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. Yeah, thank and you I'm for considering super me. super excited to share this with everybody. Thank you. And I'm super excited to see where you're going to go from here. Yeah, probably awesome. more of the same. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Thank you. All right, everyone. So thank you for joining me this week. And thank you so much for listening to this interview. I can't wait to share the next one with you. So tune in next Tuesday when we have a new episode for you. Have a great week. And until then, stay social.